behavior. A sneak peek of what's coming up next. It's a difference in the way the human being operates. And I mean, granted, it'll probably take 20 years before that's far more accepted than it is, but that's the reality of it. Is like somebody who has depression, it's not that they didn't do things to prepare themselves ahead of time. It's not that they let their coping skills slip. It's because they operate differently than other people and other people did nothing but compound that further. I mean, I don't blame Trying to fit side. a square peg into a round hole? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for boiling that down. Actually, I'm serious when I say thank you for boiling that down because I was about to go on like a five minute rant. Okay. We're recording. Okay. Welcome to Magic Radio Land. I am your host, Stephen Norton, and I'm calling all the sexy ladies out there in autism land. <laughs> uh, Good God. Welcome to On the Spectrum. My name is Steve. And I'm Nick. There we go. Okay. You still got to mock me with that. All right. Um, so as I always do at the beginning of every episode, uh, me and Steve do not presume to be experts of anything whatsoever. We're just two human beings who happen to be autistic. And we're talking about our perceptions, experience, understandings, and opinions. Um, and how you doing? I'm all right. You just get back from a little trip. I did. I just drove five hours back from seeing my sons who live in Maine. And I have a wedding to go to later, which yeah, I will do. probably have a few drinks at because I've actually been uh, refraining from drinking pretty much all week. Oh, my God. That's great for you. And um, well, you know, social interaction. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Got to got to put a couple of relaxation shots in you being around family. Um. So. Mm. Whose wedding is it? My sister's. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Lauren's sister. I don't think you've ever time. met my sister. No, I didn't. I met your brother, though. Lauren doesn't have a sister. Well, you know what? This whole time you kept talking about a wedding, I thought it would be somebody related to her. Anyway, so uh, yeah. what I wanted to talk about today is growing up undiagnosed. So this may mm. not resonate with everybody um, listening. So there are those of you who listen who may not have the same experiences, but maybe you'll find it interesting regardless. The reason I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. this is because I was talking to somebody who's a teacher the other day. Yes. And I was, she was trying to tell me, oh, you know, you're such a smart person, blah, 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 you know, give me compliments, et cetera. Sure. And I was like, well, when I was a kid and I was in school, they couldn't figure out if there was something wrong with me or if I was brilliant because mm-hmm. they would treat me like I was a genius sometimes mm-hmm. or like, you know inflate my ego and tell me how smart and how brilliant I was. But then they would put me in um, like special programs and stuff. Okay. But I found out because I always thought the program they put me in, they put me in this thing in Massachusetts called step. All right. And I thought that step was for like special needs and it kind of is, but I thought it was for people that they thought were, had like a learning disability Mm -hmm. or like a learning, um, like developmental issue. Yeah. 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 And it kind of is, but I didn't, I actually never knew what it was because they never explained it to me as a kid. Right. They didn't explain to me what it was for. They just basically took me out of class for like an hour, stuck me in a room with this other person. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, it was funny story. She ended up being a health teacher who taught us sex ed in like sixth grade, but she also did this program. Isn't that what most health teachers teach? Uh, yeah, but she also, oh. she was uh, special, she worked to special needs, and mm-hmm. her daughter became one of my friends later on. Anyway. Long yeah, time. okay. Um, a lot of connection going on there. Yeah, yeah. So, I like, I had a, a relationship with this lady, and mm-hmm. I also, she was a teacher in other aspects, and, like, I knew her, some of her family, et cetera. Right. 
still no one ever explained to me what this thing was for. I don't even know if my parents knew what was going on because they weren't really super involved in the picture at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Long story short, short, when I was talking to uh, our friend the other day, I looked up the program because I'm like, I wonder if they have any information about this online. So I started Google searching, trying to find information about Mm -hmm. this program. And it turns out it's actually for kids who have emotional or social development issues. Right. Kids that are non-conventional learners. So I didn't realize that that was what it was for. I was like, they. I thought, well, they think I'm an idiot or they think I'm slow or something or they think I'm like, because I didn't have a problem learning. Like I, I learned fine, but I guess it was. I must have given off signs that I had social issues, which I know now as an adult that I did. I just mm-hmm. didn't know I, that I was. Right. I didn't realize that I had the social deficits that I had. It would mm-hmm. only become apparent to me when I when there was friction. When there was, right. Right. But so apparently somebody, a teacher or somebody in the school at some point realized that I had some type of social issues and put me in this program. But like most of the work we did in there was confusing to me because it was like, uh, IQ test type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we would just talk almost like therapy, but then mm-hmm. she would have me do like, like logic problems. Yeah. Like uh, pattern recognition, solving problems, like using reasoning and logic, mm-hmm. which I always did fine with. Yeah, which is like, essentially IQ test. Kind yeah. Of they stuff. did have me do like IQ test type stuff. Yeah. Like, Oh, like, you know, figure out the pattern, like what continues in this pattern mm-hmm. or um, like they had me decipher hieroglyphics and stuff like that. Like oh. they'd give you like a key. Yeah. And then you had to figure out what the rest of everything meant. Right. And then translate it. They didn't right. make me do stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So, yeah, that's what made me think about this. So okay. I'll let you chime uh, in now. In, <laughs> uh, in, in uh, one of the high schools that I went to, uh, the program was called Vertices. And it was basically like a separate kind of class that some of the non-traditional learners, if I can be nice about oh, that. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know if I to. mentioned this, but this yep. was one-on-one. Oh, no, yeah. you did not mention that. Yeah, yeah. So this wasn't like a class. This yeah. was, they would take me out of my regular classes because mm-hmm. I was in regular classes. Yeah. It was only like, I, I don't remember if it was like one, I don't think it was once a day, but maybe it was a couple times a week. Right. Maybe like twice a week or something, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. Mm-hmm. They would take me out of one of my regular classes. Right. And I would go sit with her and we would just talk and work on stuff. Huh. And All I, right. I th- now thinking back on it, I guess it was like a mixture of therapy and like testing my right intelligence to i guess see what was up yeah but yeah. uh yeah it was weird to me as a kid because i don't understand I, to me i was just like yeah if i can i it was like hey i get to get out of class for a while <laughs> yeah yeah um so i but sorry w- sorry the reason that i brought yes, this whole thing yes. up is because it's interesting to me looking back in hindsight because mm-hmm. i didn't know that i was autistic i didn't know i had these other issues right, going on neither but, of us did. but somebody at some point mm-hmm. raised a flag somewhere for me to be put in there at least they they were able to discern that there was something different about you. Yeah. Right. And I don't even know what the outcome was because I did it in fifth and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped after that. It's so, interesting. Yeah. All right. I did it for it's two years and then I was never did anything like that again. Right. And right. Well, I also switched schools and then they stuck me in a in therapy for anger issues because I had problems regulating my emotions. But I mean, in, in that kind of situation, why wouldn't a person have anger issues? Why wouldn't they have frustration issues? Like think about how rough middle school is to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's mean, everybody picks on each other. Mm-hmm. Everybody's horrible to each other in middle school. So not only that, but I switched schools. Mm-hmm. So I had switched from sixth grade to seventh grade. I was in a new school and I was autistic and didn't right. know it. 
So I had social issues to begin with. Everybody was picking on me because I was a new kid. And then I got into a lot of fights and arguments with people and lashed out quite a bit. And they're like, you need, you have anger issues. You need to go to anger management. Mm -hmm. Okay. It couldn't be that I'm being bullied every day, but okay. No, it had nothing to do with that. It had nothing to do with how other people treated you. It had everything to do with just you. I'm Uh, I'm supposed to just sit there and take it. Yeah, well, that that's kind of the assumption. If somebody acts out, they immediately go, oh, that kid's got fucking behavior issues, opposed to looking at the environment and the context in which they're in. Because the kid themselves could have behavior issues on top of all these other things that can kind of contribute to lashing out. I mean, I, I mean, was, now I was we start to think of, about it differently. But. I was in and out of therapy in middle school and, and high school for different reasons. So like, right. it, the school forced me to go to therapy because I got into a bunch of fights. Yes. And it was short therapy. It was like a month or two months. I went to anger management mm-hmm. and then like, you're okay. Okay, fine. Go back. I yeah. didn't get into any fights for a while. But then as I got into high school, I guess there were certain things that red flags that popped up for right. different things that happened. And right. they made me go to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. And then I, yeah. I saw a psychiatrist and a, a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Sorry, because right. the psychiatrist was there for whatever. I'd go see the psychologist. Then they'd send me in the room with the psycho- psychiatrist to figure out if they wanted to give me any meds. Mm-hmm. And... um they diagnosed me. That was when they gave me the manic depressive. I also was diagnosed with ADHD back then mm-hmm. or ADD at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was when I was like 16. So. Right. And as we know now, a lot of people are misdiagnosed with ADHD and or bipolar or an assortment of different things when really they're just autistic and or they have those other things too. But usually the the autism diagnosis is kind of the more missed one opposed to all the rest of those. Um I mean, I probably would have had a similar journey in schooling, but roughly around eighth grade, I just started skipping so often. And because, you know, they kind of just keep passing me along grade wise, right around the middle of eighth grade, I started skipping school so often that like, I didn't even know who my teachers were uh, in high school. Like I couldn't tell you a single name of a teacher I had in high school because I just skipped so often. I just didn't show up. I had that Um, problem. I didn't, I skipped a lot of days. Um, I was kind of depressed and bored mm-hmm. and I was still passing all of my classes yeah. despite not showing up because I would just show up for my test and right. I wouldn't show up for anything else. And then they would start <laughs> to try to fail me because, well, you're not coming in enough days or you're not doing your homework. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I used to get that a lot too. Uh, I would, I would do average to above average on every test and, uh, I just wouldn't show up for the rest of the crap. And uh, so they they never really passed me on beyond freshman year because they just kept saying his attendance, you know, is horrible. Well, no shit, my attendance is horrible. For one, I was getting good grades on the test. Like, why in the fuck did I need to do homework? Or at least that was my thinking was why in the fuck do I need to do homework? Well, I guess I was the doing idea well is that homework is not just about um, whether you know the material or not. It's to try to build like good habits, I guess, for when you go to college or whatever. Sure. It's also about con- conforming. Yeah. Like they're they're forcing people to do things the way they think is best, which, you know, there's an argument to be made for that because like, you know, those of us who did not follow the traditional path, you know, we have yeah. issues in adulthood. I when never it comes agreed to with like I never adulting. agreed with uh, mandatory homework or studying. I figured if you're doing fine in the class, you understand the material and you're learning, then why do you need to do these extra things? Mm-hmm. I understand some people need to study and there may be certain topics that I need to study in, but for like most of the classes that I had, mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know, like I would, sh- I would skip half the week and then show up. And then I had classmates who would get pissed at me because I'd come in. Like, I remember, um, I was really good in science 
and history was one yeah. of my favorite subjects. So like I would come in for a science or a history test. Mm -hmm. Like I remember doing biology. We'd study biology and I'd, you know, I'd look through the material or go through the class once and then I'd, I'd have it down. Mm -hmm. And then you come in the next day and they're reviewing a lot of the same shit. I'm like, I don't need to sit through this again. Yeah. So I would come in, you know, and I'd get a hundred on the test. And usually our teachers would give us bonus questions. So I'd, I'd get like 105 on all my tests. Right. And then people in the class would be like, what the, what grade did you get? I'm like 105. I'm like, what the fuck? They're like, you weren't even here. <laughs> like yeah. you weren't even here. I'm, I'm not even going to say I was close to hundred. I got passing grades, yeah. if not like B's on all tests I did. Maybe I, just, I got a hundred at the beginning of the year, but never towards the end of it. I just remember kids in my class being like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, how the yeah. fuck are you getting 105 on tests and you're not even fucking here? I'm right. like, because we went over this lot like last week. It's fucking mm -hmm. the pace at which they move. And yeah. you're a little older than me, so it might have been different. But like when I was in high school, just I was it wasn't like I was in like slow classes or special education classes. I was just in regular. I was in regular and I was in a couple AP classes. Slow classes. Well, I don't know what you call them. Special special needs classes. I mean, well, okay, let me ask you well, a question okay. about your high school. When I say, was it when I say slower classes, I mean like the classes where they move at a slower pace. Okay. That's what I mean. I don't right. mean like slow like when you were in insult. high school, was there specific levels to it? Yeah, there were. But I was in like the regular I was either in regular and I had some AP classes. Okay. So Did you saying, have college prep and AP? Uh I don't remember. Okay. I just but I had we we had four in my high school. So I had well, um, either least. regular and some AP classes, yeah. right? In fact, when I was a senior, I think they actually wouldn't let me take mm -hmm. some of the AP classes, even though I had a good enough grades for them, mm -hmm. because of my attendance. They said, "Well, we can't, you can't do these because of your attendance." I'm like, "But I'm, um, I'm like, I get A pluses in all my classes, right. and the reason I'm not showing up is because I'm depressed and bored." Yeah, I just always said bored. Um, I stayed designated as a freshman for yeah. five years. Um, and I just kept getting pushed down as far as like what my grade, what my class was. Uh, I was initially supposed to graduate in 98. Um, and then when, by the time the year of 1999 happened, I dropped out. Maybe it was 2000. One of the two of those. I dropped out and got a GED. Um, probably one of the, the proudest moments that I had of my mom, at least at that age. I've had many, many since then, but at that age... Uh, my mother got called into a parent teacher conference and, uh, in my high school, each grade had a specific principal. And then there was a head principal on, uh, at the school itself. All the principals were there. My mother and me were there. She's finding out for the first time that I rarely ever showed up to high school. Like she kind of knew, but she now heard the breath of it all. Right. And she, at that time is sitting there kind of upset, you know, you're, Kids not showing the fuck up to high school and, and is risking not graduating high school. But the head principal uh, suggested to her that I should just drop out and get a GED. And, and, and her response to that, or at least to the best of my memory, which she'll probably correct me when I'm wrong, but her response to that was, you're supposed to be an educator. You're supposed to motivate kids and inspire kids to be in school and do better and all you're saying is he should quit. Yeah. She was like, no, he should say he wants to drop out because he's frustrated with this. He's not saying that at all. You're advocating for him to quit school 
And she kind of went off on the guy a little bit, you know, in, in a very professional and, and, and respectful manner. But I just really, I was so proud of my mom who was disappointed with my behavior, but was even more disappointed in this person's advocating that some kid should drop out of school because in her estimation, that should be the last, you know, resort. And it wasn't the last resort because like they weren't kicking me out per se, but they were like, well, this isn't working for you. Clearly you're not suited for school is what one of them said. Yeah. And like, she was appalled by this idea. You're supposed to be an educator. You're supposed to be one of the people that encourages students to do better, to work with students. But instead you're saying, eh, get out. And I did. I did quit, and I got a GED relatively after that. Well, um, that's which I did. I did not really study for, and I did well on it. That was that's sort my brag of what, moment. Sort of what happened to me. Yeah. Um. They held me back senior year. Didn't you graduate though? No. You got a GED. Yeah. Oh, I did not. Wait, well, maybe I so did. I, I maybe had. I did. So here's the thing that's fucked up. My senior year, I had enough. I had a uh, high enough average to graduate. Oh. They held me back because of how many days I missed. They said, I, th I think that is such a ridiculous. So they standard. said that you missed too many days. Mm. <clears throat> so they wanted me to repeat senior year. Yeah. So I repeated senior year, mm -hmm. and then like halfway through the the year, I'm like, this is fucking stupid, and I just mm. stopped going, and then went and got my GED. Right. Um, and yeah, same thing. I didn't really study for it. I just showed right, up and took it. Just showed up and took it. Um, but it, it was it was dumb that I had. I don't I don't know exactly what my average was, but I can mm -hmm. tell you that. I know I had more than enough mm. to, and the I had all A's and A's and B's. The only classes I had like a C or mm -hmm. so in were probably classes where, um, there were classes I I was getting lower grades in where they yeah. were penalizing me for not doing like homework or yeah. uh for not showing up. But all right. the classes where I was passing because of taking my tests and shit. Right. Like but I still had good enough grades to graduate. But they oh. they held me back specifically because of. Because I, I remember I actually had a conversation with the principal and I'm like, mm -hmm. how come you guys are not giving me a diploma? They're like, well, you missed too many days this year. I'm like, okay. okay. I was like, but I'm passing all my classes. Why right. is that a problem? I'm showing you that I learned what I was supposed to learn. And and I did well on my stupid MCAS and all that crap. Yeah. I did well on all my standardized tests. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, they were just like, yeah, you missed too many days. Let me repeat it. And I was like, I was kind of angry and even more right. depressed after that so then like when i repeated i was just like mm -hmm. at some point i just like this is fucking dumb and i just yeah it isn't it interesting though that they that me and you have probably always been told or at least for quite a period of time in our lives we were told we have so much potential right and people are like you're smart enough you you should be able to sit in class the two have nothing to do with each other i'm good enough I'm, I'm smart, smart enough. enough and gosh darn it people don't like me wait that's not the way it goes um but like People have tendency to to if they think you're smart, they they automatically associate a whole bunch of extra shit to being smart. Like, well, you should be able to sit through class because you're smart. No, uh, I used to get you, in trouble. You, you should be. You should know to behave here's one, better. Here's but one. like that doesn't mean. Did you also fall asleep in classes? I had a few classes that I would always fall asleep in, and I got in trouble for that too. I fell asleep once. Got. Uh, essentially shamed for it by the teacher and I never did it again. I had this chemistry teacher in high school yeah. who spoke in a very monotone. <laughs> he actually, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And anybody who, anybody who listens to this, who went to high school with me, will yeah. know this guy. Uh, I'm going to say his name. I don't give a shit. His name was Mr. Mazinski. Okay. Uh, he was kind of an older guy. So be surprised if he's still around now. He's <sighs> really large, really large guy. <gasps> How dare you fetch him? Um, 
he also had really bad hygiene. Like he would wear the, <gasps> like the same shirt every day. It was covered in dandruff, kind of a sweaty mess. But he, Ooh, he maybe would, he was autistic. He would talk like this. So like even when I fell asleep and he tried to get my attention, yeah. he'd be like, "Mr. Norton, Mr. Norton," maybe, and I'm still like, <sighs> "Maybe he was autistic, man." A lot he could of us, be. A lot of us have a horrible. He was a chemistry teacher. The funny thing is, I actually did pretty well in his class too, despite yeah. that. But I, he would get mad and fall asleep, and it, it was because of how boring he was. What? You know what? Like, <laughs> it's not his job to fucking entertain you. No, but it's hard to stay. It was you know, hard for me to stay is. awake. I agree. I agree. When, when you speak like Ben Stein yes. and you're teaching yes. chemistry. Class, this is a molecule. Well, mostly because chemistry is boring to begin with. At least to me, chemistry is boring to begin with. When the atom gets excited. Yeah. Then, uh, so, yeah. so, uh, well, when it comes to this, okay, those are difficulties we had. And Mr. Brzezinski, if you're listening, doubles. I apologize. No, he doesn't. Uh, so everybody's got struggles when they're growing up and you want to bring this up because we're an autistic podcast and you're, you're talking about specifically like undiagnosed kids, right? Right. So basically the, the point of bringing all this stuff yeah. up is I think that if I had had some diagnosis or I was caught earlier on in my life, then my direction might've been a little bit better. I might be in a different place or. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, and I'm not going to speak on your behalf because we do have a little bit of an age gap. I think it's like a six year age gap between us. Um, but I do know that like when I was growing, when I was going through school, middle school, elementary school, like it, I probably wouldn't have been diagnosed at that time because I don't show any of the quote unquote typical signs of it. Right. Um, to a degree. Uh, so I don't even think I would have gotten diagnosed at the time anyway. And would it have helped me? Probably not. Like, honestly, um, uh, when I was sitting in school, so elementary school and the beginning of middle school, I would sit in the back of the room. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I stayed away from people. I barely paid attention because I, I, I could not do it at that pace. Right. And I'm not going to call it a slow pace. I'm going to say it's a pace that's more conducive for the majority of people. I just could not fathom. Like I spent more time shittily drawing things in a notebook and crap ass writing shit like story ideas whatnot in a notebook than i did ever fucking paying attention to what the teacher was talking about um i rarely ever participated but some of that lack of participation was because i had so much anxiety at the time of you know saying anything in front of a group of people right <laughs> lo and behold 40 years later i i host our improv show uh and now i have no problem running groups at work right uh, but I had such a hard time and a lot of that hard time was because I can only assume RSD, you know, having some rejection sensitivity. I had a really, really hard time connecting with people. And in fact, there's, there's one moment in particular I can remember and it always sticks with me and I don't know why it hundred percent sticks with me all the time is, uh, in elementary school, uh, somebody was talking to somebody else about a, about something in the Simpsons. Okay. I immediately said, oh, I saw that. And they thought I said that I saw the episode of The Simpsons, but they were talking about a commercial advertising the new episode coming out. Well, they both of them immediately were like, you're such a fucking liar. You didn't see it. It's not even out yet, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was trying to say I saw the commercial too, right? I was trying to connect, right? But all they heard me say was that I thought I saw the episode, right? Because people automatically assumed I thought I knew everything. And that's kind of an example of it. I still get it to this day. There are people who hear me talk and they're like, Nick thinks he knows everything. No, I don't by any means. Yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've probably accused me of it once or twice too. No, no, I'm just giving um, you shit because like I've tried to point out when you're wrong about things. Yeah, there's there's we could go into so many different directions about that, about wrong and right and shit. But anyway, um, uh, so you want to yeah. know what's what's weird? It's not related to autism or okay. um or our neuro, topic. Neuro, it is, but it's oh. not related to autism or neurodivergencies at all. Yeah, okay. But it's related to that, though, those feelings um, of rejection. Okay. So I didn't know I was colorblind. Uh -huh. For those listening who don't know. I, so I have a red-green deficiency. Uh, and what's, I know it's really annoying. And people who don't understand, I don't blame you for being ignorant about it. Because who the fuck cares about colorblindness? Like most people probably don't know much about it. But it's annoying to me when people ask me, so you can't see color? I'm like that's not what colorblindness is. But it's still annoying when people ask me that. You can't see color? Or yeah. they say, you can't see red and green? No, I can see. Yeah. Color, color blindness uh, is, means you're missing receptors. Mm -hmm. So let's say there's, I don't I know the exact number, but let's say there's 30 red receptors yeah. or 30 green receptors. I might have 26 or 28. So I'm missing a few. All that means is that I can't see certain shades of red or right. certain shades of green that other people can see. By the way, those shades are imaginary. They're made up in our heads because of the iris, the color, the receptors in our eyes. Uh all color, color is color is a spectrum yeah, and we just all color arbitrarily is. define right it's actually i'm not going to go down this this rabbit hole right yeah, now please but don't. uh in other <laughs> languages uh throughout history other languages didn't have words for certain colors because in their mind those colors did not exist for oh. instance i think the greeks had no word for blue oh they just considered blue green like green and blue are the same color anyway we don't have to get into that um all right I'm glad the, we're not going the to. point is yeah I didn't know that I was colorblind until mm -hmm. I was in my 20s. When I was in grade school, I used to mistake certain shades of purple for mm -hmm. blue. So okay. like certain shades of purple to me look like navy blue. Like let's say um, certain types of dark purple. Mm -hmm. Let's say like. Um, oh, because the reddish pigment is omitted. Yeah. No, oh. so I can still see it. Like if you put like navy blue and then like a dark purple next to it, mm -hmm. I can tell the difference. Right, because you can tell there's it's two different shades, but not necessarily. But if you just put certain colors of purple in front of me, sometimes mm -hmm. I would mistake them for blue and kids would make fun of me. Right. And so I used to avoid mm -hmm. anything to do with colors throughout uh, elementary school and middle school, mm -hmm. not knowing that I was colorblind, but I just thought there was something wrong with me because kids would make fun of me for mistaking pink and purple because I would like, if it's a really, really, really light pink, sometimes I couldn't tell it was pink because there's barely any red in it. Right. And I would think that it was like a white or something. Mm -hmm. And then kids would make fun of me, but I didn't know it was colorblind. They just thought I was an idiot. They're like, oh, you could do purple, you idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, because kids always go to the simplest explanation. So just uh, that the way that kids reacted to that mm -hmm. made me avoid talking about colors right. for like half my life. And, and now you do graphics for the comedy group. And you do graphics better than I do. And I supposedly can see the entire spectrum of color. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, you've gotten much better at it. Uh, well, it's just I'm just pointing out that it's funny that you know there there are things sometimes that you don't know and mm -hmm. even they don't know they're yeah. affecting and you just you you suppress those things right. you, or you avoid those things because right. of the the way that people treat you and mm -hmm. like like I knew I wasn't stupid right. but I didn't understand why I couldn't tell the difference between certain colors I had no fucking clue that I was partially colorblind right. 
I just like maybe it's something wrong with me. I don't. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. dumb. I don't know. Why can't I tell the difference? Maybe I mean, self conscious. On on the other side of that, like you're talking about potential <clears> deficits, <throat> right? Uh, on the other side of that, like we also didn't know why we were able to retain information as easily as we were, right? But nobody saw that as a deficit. But it's still a difference in us than yeah. other people, right? Because we can retain <clears throat> information extremely well. Like anytime I listen to any podcast whatsoever that's like informational or I, or I watch a documentary, if I hear somebody say something, I'm more likely to remember it far easier. And I know some people have that ability as well, but like months and years later, I can still hear the voice tell me it. Right. And so I still, re- I retain much easier that way, but I can remember a great deal of things. And I know you're the same way in the sense of like, once you get information, you retain it much easier. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know some motherfuckers who watch documentaries and they can barely tell me anything about it and they just finished watching the damn thing. There's we and people who are on a similar part of mm. the spectrum to us fall into this weird area where like especially being like undiagnosed growing up mm. that people weren't sure what to make of us or I'm just assuming just assuming on your part that you had a similar experience to me as far yeah. as like, yeah, like. People like, are you stupid? Are they really smart? I don't know. Because people yes. would people would think, well, you think you're a know-it-all, you're a smart ass. I got mm-hmm. accused of being a smart ass all the time or Me being too. a know-it-all, even though I wasn't trying to be. Like I would just and people would talk about stuff and I would share information I had about it, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that other people can find that annoying. But I yeah, know. I had no idea it was annoying. Um but also because of the social deficits, people just thought we were weird or mm-hmm. strange or I, I've always been accused of lecturing and yeah. people have always said it in a negative way. I mean, quite a few people have accused me of lecturing when really like if you put it in context with everything that we've learned over the last you know seven, nine months, um, no, I'm just info dumping. And like we can understand that about each other now and we can give each other allowance to allow ourselves to just info dump. But a lot of people throughout my lifetime, especially in my 20s, uh, sorry, my adulthood, um, people were just like, stop lecturing at me all the time. I'm, I'm not lecturing. You asked me a question about a topic and I told you about it. And at first when people were telling me that <laughs> – when people would say to me I would make a good professor, I didn't realize they were actually saying that in a negative way. They were yeah. saying it with a negative connotation because I lecture to people all the time. No, I'm just giving information. Right. I used to get stuck in cycles, um, and I'm, I'm better at controlling some of that now. But like when I was, it was a lot worse. Mm. So you didn't know me in my early twenties, no. when I was a teenager. But I used to get stuck in those cycles where you just keep talking about the same topic for like hours, and people yes. get fucking annoyed with you. Well, that's what I mean. That that kind <clears throat> of luxury. You know, it's like nah, it's not even necessarily lecturing, but like people want to talk about other things, and you keep bringing it back to whatever it is. Well, yeah, because you're... we can't read the subtlety of they want to move on. I mean, or, think about how many times over the last six years you told me that I talked too much. I used to get um, accused like, of repeating myself frequently because I would keep bringing up the same shit or repeating the same things. or But I would repeat the same thing, but maybe add a little new tidbit or right, something else to it right. or go back to it because you're stuck in your brain and somebody right. moves 30 meters this mm-hmm. way, but you go back to where you were when right. you last stopped speaking. That That's what I always wait for now when I when me and you were talking <clears throat> and you're giving me information that I already know or that you've already told me. I wait for the new thing. Like I'm sitting there waiting for it. Um, I do that with a lot of other people too. Um, like, and I'm going to be general in this statement just so I'm not calling any individual out, but m- most Portuguese people 
that I come across because I have in-laws that are Portuguese and stuff and we live in a very predominantly Portuguese area. They have tendency of repeating stories like the same story and they say it the same way over and over and over again. And I just sit there waiting for the new information. Do you think that's a cultural thing? I think it is. I I think it is a cultural thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just the way some folks in that community communicate is they kind of, they do everything through like storytelling. Yeah. Um, opposed to just getting to their fucking point. Um, and I know like even my partner, I wasn't necessarily going to name her, but, uh, I know my partner does it quite often too. Um, but that's how she grew up learning how to relate in a story is I'm going to tell you a story to relate in a story opposed to, I'm just going to tell you the point I was trying to make. Yeah. I think that, and that, that could be more than just Portuguese people. I'm just saying that I have more experience with them in this area than, than most other cultures. When I used to repeat myself, I think it was, it was hard for me to move forward with it Mm -hmm. unless I kind of like, I, it's like you, if you, I don't think a lot of people who are autistic or even some people with ADHD will feel the same way. If you have this conception of how you're going to, um, share information in your head. Right. And you you kind of develop this train of thought where, you know, I move from point A to point B to point C to point mm-hmm. D. And then if you get interrupted in those that trajectory, right. A to B to C to D, when you try to start going back into it, it's hard to start at C or D. Yes. You feel like you need to start back at point A. Yeah. Now, I've gotten better at moving f- like further down the train to mm-hmm. get to where it is that I'm trying to go. Right. But it can be very difficult, especially if you if you haven't practiced doing that. Mm younger you're talking to a friend and you're trying to to get to a point but your point is like point f but you're starting at point a because you feel like you need to provide some Uh, i used to be foundation yeah something yeah i used to be like that too a lot um and and i know you've seen me do this like when we're in conversation or when there's more than one more than just me and you talking even though everybody thinks me and you exclude everybody else when we're talking to each other but uh, uh you've probably seen me do this when other people start talking or when they go to interject something and i Oh, just so people can see. Uh, other people will be talking then like as I'm about to talk, if you look like you're about to, I'll immediately put my hand over my mouth as if to stop myself just so I don't like talk over everybody or interject or monopolize the conversation. Yeah. And I have to actually – I have to do that uh, when I feel like I'm going on too long of a rant. I'll just – Well, other people used to point to out stop it. my behavior. So at some point I just – tried to stop talking to people at all. So I used to just kind of so you went that extreme isolate route. myself from social uh, interactions because I felt like I would just annoy everybody. Yeah, but you went that extremism kind of route of like people displayed their frustration with the way you were talking and you just decided to not talk because at all. Because it was hard for me to not do it. So I, I decided that I'm just going to save myself the embarrassment or save myself the... But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Well, I learned how to get better at it over time. Yeah, but it's one of those it. things where you f- you feel self conscious about it, so you you don't you want to avoid the rejection. Right. So instead of dealing with it, you just like well, it's easier for me just to not interact with people, so I don't have to deal with that rejection. You know, I I gotta say this is kind of where things kind of I took a very different route than that. Um, I started to just accept that I was going to be disappointing people, that I was going to be <clears> irritating <throat> and frustrating people. I just started to accept it. Um, was it good? Was it cool? Was it a good, uh, uh, a beneficial way to go? Eh, maybe not, but I just started to accept that I was going to be well, doing here, that always. Here, here's the problem that, and I didn't know this at the time mm. it was in my twenties. Uh, 
<clears throat> I didn't know that I was masking when I was masking and trying to adapt my behavior. Yeah, me neither. To, I was doing th- things that were would be considered masking, but I didn't know I was. Because, right. But what would happen is I would start to, once I started to get closer to people and become better friends with them, or if right. I started dating somebody, that stuff would start to slip because I would start to be more myself. Yep. And then when I started doing those things, like repeating myself mm-hmm. or going down these rabbit holes and talking about shit that people found annoying. Right. Then it would hurt me because I would start to realize, well, I can't really be my real self because when I when I try to show people who I really am, they just reject me. And I it made me feel like socially isolated or it made me right. feel like an alien or an android and all these other things that I used to like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd write poems about me being this weird person from another planet. Right. Like I'm not human. I'm just like an alien mm-hmm. watching humanity because I don't feel like I'm part of these other people. Right. I feel like I'm something different. There's something wrong right. with me. Right. Not knowing why, right? but it seemed like I could never really be my real self around people because mm-hmm. when I tried to be my real self, people would weren't accepting of it. Mm-hmm. So it always felt like I would not be able to ever really be myself around people. I had to always just put on this mask and pretend. Right. I didn't know I was masking. I didn't even call it masking. I just no. said that I was, you know, I'm just putting on a, a happy face or trying to people please try to try to make other people happy by changing my behavior. Right. And that's usually why I default to humor is because it, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to get along with people and make friends if I just make fun of them or joke around or right. roast right. people because people are more accepting of that. Right. I got I got two things. One, I completely agree because I used to do it too and I still do it to a degree because I'd never have felt like – even to this day, I, I still never feel like I belong to any group. And that has been a huge struggle of mine for most of my life. Because I'm pretty I sure never... you fit in with the bonobos. That's awesome to know. Uh, <laughs> I'll go hang out with some monkeys. Um, but I've never felt like I belonged to any group. So like um, when people told me I was funny, I would hang out with the funny kids, but I wasn't quite funny enough for them. Um, when I when I played pool, when I played billiards when I was younger, I never quite fit in with those people. I was I was good enough. Uh, skill wise, but I wasn't quite acting like them. And then when I when I started getting involved with actors, I wasn't quite good enough of an actor where I wasn't I didn't quite behave the way they expected or wanted me to behave. So I wasn't really part of them. And then when I got diagnosed with bipolar, I started going online trying to get involved in the community of people who are bipolar. And I, I wasn't bipolar enough for some and for others, I didn't quite fit in or I didn't quite behave the way they wanted me to. And that's been a constant theme of I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And even now, even with, you know, the autism, uh, even with being a part of doing this podcast and trying to get involved in the community, I still have issues with that. And I still feel like I'm never doing enough to be good enough to be a part of anything. And the reason why I'm bringing this up to connect it to what you were just saying, even in my relationships, I wasn't good enough, or at least I never felt like I belonged in that relationship. And I've always struggled with feeling as if I belonged because I always felt like an outsider. I always felt like I was just a little off, a little left all the time, a little left to center all the time all the time. And it's still to this day. Like when I talk to counseling therapist people, um, even though I'm, I, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge in that direction. I, I, and people tell me that I'm rather smart when it comes to mental health and, and counseling skills. I still don't feel like I'm a part of it. I still don't feel like I connect with these people or I belong in that community. 
because of all those other things. Because I, I constantly, it's, it's made apparent to me that there are parts of me or parts of my behavior that put me just outside of every group, just outside of belonging, just outside of acceptance. So, oh, the other, the other question I was going to ask was this, and this is kind of a personal question. So answer, don't answer, whichever. When we used to roast you, okay, specifically when I used to roast you, I I don't care how you felt about anybody else's statements because to all those people, when I specifically used to roast you at the beginning, did it bother you that I was making robot jokes, that I was making jokes about you being emotionless? No. It never bothered you? No. Okay. Just check. No, I actually... Um, I don't really get offended very easily. Um, well, supposedly neither do it's I. It's usually the things like if people make fun of me or they're mm-hmm. trying to be mean to me, it usually yeah. doesn't bother me. The things that bother me are usually things I think that people don't necessarily intend to upset me, but it's the, some of the ostracize, ostracization. There it's you the go. You got that word out. out. Yeah. There's certain words that I have a hard time pronouncing for some reason. Everybody has a hard time pronouncing some words. Like uh, that's a word I think everybody has a hard time. I can say ostracized. Yeah. But ostracization, I can't Mm -hmm. say. Um, It's some of the certain subtle things that people would do. Yeah. That probably weren't intentional. Those were the things that actually hurt me. Mm. But like people making fun of me, I don't give a shit. Call me ugly. Call me fat. Call me whatever. I don't give a shit. It doesn't bother me. Well, I, I can actually tell you that that default position that I carry on a regular basis of uh, people are just not going to like me to any anyway. Like it's actually easier to accept roast jokes. It's actually easier when people make fun of me or try to put me down or try to demean me or belittle me. It's much easier for me to yeah, handle that. Like if I actually wanted to hurt your feelings, I wouldn't make fun of you. I would do something more sadistic, but I wouldn't sure, but I'm not that type of person. So I wouldn't try. Um, to hurt you. But that's like, I think that's why I can handle that much easier uh, is because I automatically assume people don't like me anyway. So I mean, it's probably why I act like an asshole on a regular basis. Fitting too. into different groups. Yeah. Um, I can say that I probably felt a similar way as far as like, I never felt like I quite belonged in any group. Right. Um, the people in, in uh, retrospect, the people that I did connect with um, were always people who were social outcasts. Right. Um, so like some of my best friends, I hung out with a lot of different groups. Like mm-hmm. I was acquaintances and I got along well, I was friendly with lots of different right. people. So I've had probably hundreds of acquaintances and friends over the years. Right. But the people that I was actually close to were either people who had mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were a few minority groups in my school because I grew up in a school where there weren't a lot of gay kids, there weren't mm-hmm. a lot of ethnic minorities and stuff. So those people were the ones that I kind of got along with really well. Right. Uh, well, because they were also ostracized from others. Um, other writers. I always connected yeah, well emo with, people. with other people who were writers. Yeah. And um, a lot of my closest friends I found out afterwards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, there's a guy who's older than both of us who I was mm-hmm. really close with when I was younger. And we have conversations kind of the way that you and I talk. And I found out later that he's also autistic. He yeah. didn't know. Um, one of my other best friends found out that he's autistic recently. And those were people that I was really close with. We used to just sit and veg and play video games together right. and just not talk. Right. Or we would play World of Warcraft together and listen to music right. and not really talk much. Right. And those are the people I got along with really well. And I didn't know that they were like me, but there was a reason why we got along. Yeah. And I didn't know it. Right. Um, and it's funny, too. It's like when I used to write uh, poems about being autistic without knowing I was writing about being autistic. Mm-hmm. I shared some of that stuff with people in 
autism communities and a lot right. of them resonated with it. And it was interesting to feel because like I wrote this one I didn't even know, but it was I was describing the feelings yeah. without knowing what I was describing. Right. Yeah, um, I understand. I used to, when I would have conversations when I'd get frustrated or upset or felt shitty, uh, being really down, I when I would describe to people how I felt and my perception of other people's behaviors towards me and why I didn't like, I just don't get how to X, right? I don't understand why people blah. I would constantly say that kind of stuff. And essentially I was describing, you know, what it is to be autistic, right? Like we don't feel like we understand other people. We don't understand why we can't fit in the same way. Why can't we just do things the way they do, the way other people do? And it's because we are different, but it took a long time to figure that out. It's like Um, there's a, um, uh, it's hard to describe it, but let's say Mm -hmm. humans are programmed in a way to do X, Yes. And we're programmed in a way to do why. Maybe not okay. all the same exactly, but let's but my brain wants to do this mm-hmm. and everyone else's brain wants to do this. Mm-hmm. And when I try to do this, mm-hmm. other people might think it's weird, but I have a hard time straying away from doing this right. even though everyone else wants me to do x mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to do y and when I try to force myself to do x, mm-hmm. it like it's it's like um it's like it, it's it's kind of like uh, when we talk about uh, uh, the feelings of um, what is it called? Uh, mm. When you talked about PDA, pathological demand. Avoidance, yes. yes. It's that feeling like I just can't do it. Right. It's like if somebody right. tries to force me to do something and like, mm-hmm. there's this feeling that I have that just this guttural rejection where I just like I don't want to do it. Right. Or it's an automatic. No. Right. Right. It's first impulses to push away from it. it. That's kind of how it feels when people try to get you to to change your behavior when everything in your body and Mm -hmm. your brain is telling you to do things. Why? But everybody's trying to force me to do X. Mm. You get this kind of like, "Mm," like, I don't want to do it. So here's a question on that. Cause you described it as, you know, two different behaviors. I was oversimplifying it. No, no, I know. But it got me to think about something in this direction. Could it be that all those people were conditioned X, but because we're autistic, we don't take to conditioning so easily. And so we're still going on this. I take the shampoo easily though. Yes, you do. Uh, and so they all run on this other premise because they're conditioned to do so. And I'm not saying conditioned in a bad way. I'm just saying that that's how they learned it. And, but because it's so hard or harder for us to be conditioned to do things a certain way, we had to learn like the longer route of how to get. There. I guess so. I mean, that might also make we sense. Have, as we to, have, they got programmed. We did not. It might also make sense as to why I always felt a lot of uh, empathy mm-hmm. and sympathy towards people who were social outcasts because right. like to I didn't people who were treated different because I didn't understand why people had a problem with them. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with that person? Why are you right? Like, I've always asked that too. Like, I don't get, why are we treating that person differently? Well, cause they smell. Well, there could be a reason why they smell or like, it might not just be because they're lazy. It could be for an assortment of other reasons. Uh, I guess the same thing comes to like, not just the, social outcast but just when it comes to ideas in general like yeah. i try not to just shut things down without trying to explore it right which is i've talked about before has got me into trouble because yeah. but i think society expects you to just certain things you're not supposed to think about you're just supposed to accept well it's it's similar thinking though because we're giving credit to that other human being's behavior and just not automatically writing them off under <clears throat> simplest explanation right yeah. and same thing goes with any idea whatsoever you look into it further than that because that's the way we've kind of 
trained ourselves, built up that skill of auto, not automatically looking at the simplest explanation. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, I've had a conversation about that phrase this week like seven times. Yeah. About the expression of the simplest explanation is usually most often the right one. Um, I've had that uh, conversation about that multiple times, and I've come to understand that that phrase is accepted by so many people, but it's wrong. It is it is wrong in every way possible. I think that that, that it, particular... And I'm going to say wrong, not eh, misunderstood. I think it depends on the context, because I think that phrase is not necessarily meant to be um, applied to human behavior. I, I don't think it is either. I think when you're saying the simplest explanation is usually the most obvious, I think it comes to... In, in regards to things like science, forensics. Um, but, and, and I agree, it was never supposed to be applied to humans, but people automatically use it for that, right? Because and, we're not, we're not, log we're not entirely logical beings. There's no, emotions we're not. And uh, there's a lot, but there's also a matter <clears throat> of this. If somebody believes that there's only three reasons why a person does whatever, Okay, uh, I'm going to use drinking a cup of coffee. If people believe that there's only three reasons why anybody drinks coffee, right? No matter what other reasons exist in the known universe of why somebody might drink coffee, those three reasons that that one human being believes are the only three reasons to drink coffee, those are the only three options they're going to choose from. They're not going to think that there's something else possible. They immediately go, well, no, 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 that's why. So I – And I understand that I do that sometimes with people's behavior – or at least it seems like I do that with people's behavior. When I go, well, it's probably because of X, right? It's probably because of this reason. I'm speculating at best, and I'm throwing information out there. I'm not drawing a conclusion to the point where I'm drawing conclusions and outcomes and think people need to be treated X because of it, right? But I've, but I've heard it so often that I'm starting to get this feeling and I think some of what we're talking about of how people have treated us in the past and how we've responded in accordance is because of this, because we never really think about all of the extra things that could be involved, all the other factors. And so we're boiling everything down to this simplest explanation, but really <clears throat> that simplest is because we're fucking ignorant. That's why um, I've mentioned two it, other things. I've Sorry. mentioned him on this podcast before, not for a while, but uh, uh -huh. and I'm trying to, I think his name's Daryl Davis. It's the gentleman. Why do I know that name? So he's the uh, black gentleman who converts people from the KKK. African-American gentleman. Uh-huh. And No, yes. African-American is not considered politically correct anymore. It's black. Depending on who you're talking to. Or a person to. of color. Depending on who you're talking to. Anyway, you're right. Yeah, I'll I, say I person of color or black. Person of he's color a, he's, might he's be a, more acceptable. Well, because African-American would imply that they're from Africa. And they're yeah, not yeah, from yeah. Here. Anyway. No, no, no. I get you. It's <laughs> just depending on what year it is over the last 20 years – Depends on which one is considered. Yeah, I either say black or, or person of color. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a black gentleman. Well, how does he identify? I don't know. What the fuck? He's an older guy. He probably doesn't give a shit about it yet. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, he probably uh, doesn't give a fuck. He's the gentleman who makes friends with people in the KKK. Yeah, yeah you've told and me about collects it. their yeah. hoods. But, um, yeah, you showed me a video of him once. Yeah, well, he's got a, a bunch of videos. He's been interviewed by a bunch of different, uh, uh, TV ch channels. I'm pretty sure there's like a documentary about him. I think Joe Rogan had him on. Oh, that's cool. Uh, He's, but that guy, uh, watching what he does makes me emotional because of the, like how he does it. Emotional how? Like it makes me want to cry. Because somebody gave up their hood? No, because he's willing to talk to people that most people would just automatically oh, assume right like off. they're, yeah. yeah, yeah. And obviously it's like, well, 
Like, how can you feel sympathy for people in the KKK? Well, he understands that there's a human being there who... Yes. Like, a lot of these guys he meets, they don't know anything else. Like, they right. grew up in a town where it's all right. white people, and they're just taught, like, well, those black people are X, Y, or Z, and they have yeah, all these stereotypes. Yeah. And once they actually make a friend with somebody who's black, they're like, well, mm -hmm. all the stuff that I learned was fucking stupid, and there's a lie. Right. At least most of it. So he learned they end up changing because yeah. he's willing to try to be friends with these people. Right. And most people aren't willing to try to understand, especially the worst people. Or what we consider to be the worst people. Most people would rather have a generalized concept mm. of another human being opposed to understanding the context of it's that human being. It's easier just to say that person's horrible and just right. write them off. Boil them down to the simplest explanation without trying to understand them as a human being, which means the context of that. Which was really funny because there's people that he's met with in the KKK uh -huh. who were willing to invite them over, invite him over their house, have dinner right. with them while they were still actively KKK members and right. be like – perfectly cordial be friends have some yes. drinks together and then at some point in their head it starts to click there's cognitive dissonance where it's right. like well i like this guy my uh -huh. friends he's not what i perceive of all black people to be like right and then at some point they're like all right well this doesn't make sense yeah he doesn't match the stories grandpappy told me right yeah um now is that his responsibility to do that no, no. but just the fact that he's willing to do that i feel is really touching i i actually really enjoy the fact that he takes on the responsibility <clears throat> of that even though it is not his responsibility to do he right. takes on the responsibility because he believes these people deserve the opportunity right and that's important i think especially in this conversation being late diagnosed because a lot of people along the way for any of us who are late diagnosed did not take on the responsibility did not take the opportunity to get to know the human being or even give us the opportunity to show that there's more to us than whatever moment they perceive ill-intended. Yeah. I think everybody needs to take a little longer look at everybody else because I, I can tell you from uh, uh, experience, I have had more ignorant, prejudiced, biased conversations, okay, with folks on the left about folks on the right politically than I've ever had from folks on the right talking about any other population. And I'm not trying to shit on any, any political ideologies. I'm just saying that some of these people are very surface level give a shit about humans. But when it comes down to it, they're just as ignorant and just as prejudiced as, uh, as the people they claim are just prejudiced and ignorant. Yeah. Um, and I think with the more knowledge that we've gotten with neurodivergency, with, with how mental differences operate, because remember I told you a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying to get away from calling them disorders and illnesses. I'm trying to just call them differences because that's really what they are. Like even the MRI research, even some of the other research that's out there about ADHD, autism, that's a, a bipolar personality disorder, schizophrenia, all this stuff is dictating that it's not a failure in behavior and it's not badness in the human being or it's bad behavior. It's a difference in behavior. It's a difference in the way the human being operates. And I mean, granted, it'll probably take 20 years before that's far more accepted than it is. But that's the reality of it is like somebody who has depression. It's not that they didn't do things to prepare themselves ahead of time. It's not that they let their coping skills slip. It's because they operate differently than other people and other people did nothing but compound that further. 
I mean, I don't blame trying to fit side. a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for boiling that down. Actually, I'm serious when I say thank you for boiling that down because I was about to go on like a five minute rant to like kind of like my, my X Y. <laughs> well, similarly, yes, but I think like even giving that explanation. Like we're not giving enough credit to neurotypical people and their ability to understand us when we write them off as saying, well, they're just X, right? I think we're doing the same thing to them by doing so, coming from the same guy who decided to call them all normies in our first three episodes. Yeah, Um, but that was more like tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah, that was tongue-in-cheek. I, like, even in our own community, and I'm going to kind of make this as a stance, I guess, um, even in our own community, if we're going to say that it's, inappropriate it was bad how dare neurotypicals treat us this way and force us to behave a certain way that we just can't possibly blah i think it's just as wrong for us to turn around and say well they have to x they have to change their behavior for us they have to something i think we both need to figure out how to understand one another for the context of the human being opposed to well you don't think like me well you can't oh that's a statement I think uh, part another of the problem autistic is, creator said this was they can't understand how we this think. This is related mm. to what I when I brought up the Daryl Davis thing. It's just uh, yeah. I think that people have a habit of assuming the worst about other people. Of course. Of or course. we have this human this need as human beings mm. to try to put people into boxes. Because and we all think we're intelligent. We I all also, think we're smart. Another guy that I brought up we a bunch of times in the show. None of us are. Um really. Some Michelle. Yeah. I know oh, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Like no, I'm, I, I dig the guy. I like so, a lot of what he says. I've actually changed some of my behavior because of him, because I used to be kind of a uh, pedantic snob when it came to language. Yeah, I'm still going to be that, though. Uh, yeah. And I'm less pedantic because of him, because of how he's how he talks about the way people speak and the language that people use and that basically the main, the only real, real important thing at mm. the end of the day is whether we understand each other or right. not. Is the actual communication itself. Right. So yeah. not, I've not like become a lot less pedantic grammar. because of yeah. him, but that's kind of like, that's one of my own, my own biases. Maybe right. one of my own poor behaviors I had as far as judging other people. Like if somebody spoke in a way that I didn't feel was proper, I just thought right. assumed that they were kind of dumb or like if you, because what? And this is what used to this is so we, this weird is what you bring used, this up. used to annoy me about you is mm. I could speak to you and mm-hmm. you seem perfectly fine or perfectly intelligent, but then mm-hmm. if you type something and you sound dumb the way you type, I'm like, why is Nick talk typing like an idiot? Well, because I type the way I talk. I know, but I'm just saying, fuck. If somebody writes a message to me and they don't use a lot of punctuation, right. or they don't use grammar, or they right. don't use commas, then I'm like, this person's an idiot. And well, it doesn't mean that they are, but that's so, my no, no, absolutely. instinctual reaction yeah, yeah, is this person's but an idiot. You're also pointing it out as a deficit or, or rather that, that you would automatically judge somebody and be hypercritical about that. And I agree. I used to do it too when people would talk. Um, but I write the way I talk, which means I rarely use capitalization. I don't use a lot of punctuation because like ultimately what I would be writing is I, I would be typing, 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 and I would like in parentheses put breathe and then I would type more, right? Cause that's the way I talk. Um, but I didn't use a lot of commas. I didn't use a lot of punctuation whatsoever because to me, I rarely stop when I talk. I just, right. And you would get very irritated with it. Excuse me. You'd get really irritated with it, but the judgment you carried on it. I would also have that same judgment when people would mispronounce words. It doesn't make them dumb. It, we all learned different things at different times. 
And and you're right. Some show it like beautifully has a TikTok that actually explains this really really well. And actually, it's weird you bring all this up about language stuff because I was just talking to a human being yesterday who will remain nameless. But I was talking to them yesterday, and they said that there is a level of white supremacy to that. And at first, when they said it, I went, "How the fuck is that white supremacy?" Like, if I'm talking to a white guy and shit who had a similar educational background as me and I'm critiquing the fucking shit they do, how is that fucking white supremacy? But then I really thought about it. And I and I don't 100% agree with the wording, but I do agree that we're looking down on somebody else every time we do it. You're trying to enforce a verbal standard. Right. Uh, our and verbal expectation. If you grow and, up, I think, and what Summer Show talks about, like if you grow up, say he's, he's Galagichi, if you grow up in an area yeah. like he did, it's not normal to speak that way. He's right. actually altered the way that he speaks. When he speaks with a quote unquote proper yeah. accent, yeah. that's actually not his um, original accent. Right. His The way he speaks by default is yeah. with a Gullah Geechee accent. He, yeah. uses, he speaks Gullah. When he speaks the way he speaks when he's teaching as a professor, mm -hmm. that's actually a second accent that yes. he's learned. Yeah. Um, and I had to think about that like growing up. If you grow up in a certain area and it's normal for you to speak that way. Right. And if you're trying to speak or you expect other people to speak, mm -hmm. quote unquote, proper, then you're enforcing a certain verbal standard on them that's right. maybe not fair. Well, it's kind of like people in the Midwest uh, grew up calling it pop, right? And we call or you would call it in the New England, you'd call it soda, right? And there are some places that they only call it soda pop. And then there are other places who don't use either one of those two words in the United States, right? And that would be colloquial phrasing to it. But it kind of emphasizes the point of Sun Michelle when it comes to that, right? I think like, it's a little different correct because some, but it it kind of holds to the same idea though. Because if you're in New England and you order a pop, and somebody goes, "No, it's called soda," it's the same idea, right? right. I'm just saying, but there's, I think that that is that I understand what you're saying, but I think it's okay. I'm trying analogy, to give a relatable story there. The analogy is, I mean, it's similar. It's a weak analogy when it comes to because, like, okay, I've got a lot, a lot oh, of weak analogies. Gula is a mix mixture of like. Um, English, it's like almost like a Creole, you know, it's a mix yeah. between like Africa, uh, as African heritage. So oh. it's like a mixture of like yeah. African languages with English uh -huh. and stuff. And it's, it's, it's similar to like Jamaican, um, right. the way that they speak. Cause it's like a, it's a mixture language. Right? right. So there's, I think there's a difference between like a mixed language like that versus. I'm, I'm also trying to point out that there are cultural differences in the way people talk, even in regions of the same country. Yeah, even in the in, even in the same similar background. But I'm, if you I'm, will. I'm referring to when you, as far as you said, like the whole white supremacy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you are a Black American and you right, grew right, up right. in an area where people spoke a certain way, right. like he did, then, um, no, and, who or who yeah, are you yeah. to say that the way that they speak is improper versus right? I I was trying to expand it out a little bit more yeah. because it's not just a white folk on Black people. It's more than that it's it's more like people are trying to prove that they're smarter than somebody else opposed to accepting that this person spoke differently and why don't we focus on the content more so than yeah, the, I think, the rules of language i think the, the whole conversation got a little bit off off the rails we did a little bit the whole point okay. the whole point of it was just about 
prejudice and judging yes. people yes. versus um, not, a, a not bias, specifically language, well. but just in general, as far right. I think people are far too judgmental of people that they don't know anything about because yes. you'll take one particular that goes, thing that you know about somebody and you'll make a bunch yeah. of judgments or a bunch of assumptions about them based on one so thing. let's let's tie this into autism let's tie this into our community itself a lot of the times when we as autistics talk other people think we're talking improperly. if you're a guy and you're autistic and you're uh -huh. a little awkward or you're socially awkward or whatever, right people will say oh he's a weirdo he's a creep he's, he's this, an he's asshole that. If, if you're a he's girl, robotic and you, if you're a girl and you're mm -hmm. autistic, it might be you, maybe you're a creep or a weirdo, or maybe you're, you know, she's quirky. She's just a little strange, you know. Yes, she's, yes. Quirky is a, a big one that she's so think, emotional. Yeah. Although I get told I'm emotional all the time too. Although I like it <clears> when <throat> people tell me I'm emotional, they just call me sensitive, opposed to just emotional. Because men are emotional, Nick. Well, yeah. So I'm just sensitive somehow. Right. I like how it's a diminished language when they use it. They're diminishing me in the process, but. I would say like even for our own community, we have a way of talking like I'm trying to unmask the way I talk a little bit more, which is why I'm trying not to use many as many conjunctions. I actually had to teach myself to use conjunctions more often. What are you stupid? I'm just kidding. Sure. I had to teach myself to use them more often because people were like, dude, Get why it. don't you just say they're opposed to they are. Get and it. I'm like, because it's actually it feels more comfortable for me to write and speak and say they are opposed to there. I thought I was, I was trying to insult you after we just talked about being accepting. I know, I know, I know. You, you were, it? you were going in that. You were trying to make a funny out of yeah. it. I got it. I got <clears> it. <throat> um, but I'm going to completely move beyond it and let our audience either laugh or think you're a dick. Either way. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, but so I've been trying to unmask that way. And actually, somebody at work uh, pointed this out, and they were like, "Dude, why are you talking like that?" And I was like, "Talking like what?" And they were like, "Well, you could have just said it's." And I was like, oh, okay, but I said it is. And they were like, well, but it sounds so proper. And I was like, all right. Didn't, uh, like, okay. It's just, so speaking to me, of, um, to me, when I'm thinking about what I'm saying, like, I'm not thinking of it in conjunctions. Isn't what, well, hold on. I could be wrong, but. In uh, Star Trek, Next Generation, yes. didn't Data have a hard time with yes, conjunctions? Yes, he did. First? He had a hard time with conjunctions. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. And I like, I was just watching, so I started rewatching Star Trek. Yeah. And one of the first things when him and Lore, when the first episode of Lore, his brother, yeah, that was the first thing that I chimed in on in that episode. So I always yeah, watched Lore TV uses conjunctions and he doesn't. Right. And that was one of the things of like, well, I was taught how to use conjunctions. So I, I'm more human like. And, and like, one, that's one of the things that like Wesley Crutcher, catches on to is that lore that uh data all of a sudden started using conjunctions but i kept thinking about that like but data doesn't sound like he's inappropriately talking to me right like it sounds just fine to me but when people use conjunctions there are times where i kind of go oh right it's that one yeah like i you gotta admit, I know, the, the data episodes are the best ones i i agree um but like i've never explained that to you or even you know said that that's a thing for me and I'm only recently letting myself expose some of that stuff about conjunctions and all. And like, if you've noticed a lot of my text messages lately or, or uh, messages in the group chat, I don't have a lot of conjunctions anymore. No, I didn't really. I know. Cause it's, it seems like a small thing to everybody. I'm going to start putting conjunctions behind you on the wall. So when we're recording it says they there, <laughs> it's, I'm just going to put, <laughs> Today we're teaching Nick conjunctions. No, they it's are... not that I don't know, <laughs> I know them. I had to you teach prefer myself. Not just, to use them. Yeah, it's just 
it feels more natural now that I'm trying to avoid them. Um, it feels far more natural to me. And granted, I still am catching myself verbally with the habit of I use them every now and again. But it, it, it feels better to me to not use them. It is nice to make your acquaintance. Yes. Like, the fuck? What is wrong with saying it that way? So I'm trying to unmask in that way, right? I'm trying to allow myself to be that person again, opposed to trying to fit into their fucking box still or other people's box still. Um, so anything else yeah. you want to say about growing up undiagnosed? Well, I mean, we were really having an episode about language and communication. Well, not only, um, only towards the end there. Oh, I mean, it's been, an, well, I mean, an so, hour and 10 minutes roughly. And I, the first, uh, big chunk of it was all about, Talking about growing up. And well, that was more of like the intro into, but like, um, I, I don't think no matter how many episodes we ever do about being late diagnosed, I don't think we're ever going to cover it fully. Same thing with language. Well, I don't a, think we're there's ever also going to be able a to lot of things fully. that like, I don't even think about. Um, and then, you know, I'll be sitting around or talking to somebody and then I remember something that happened to growing mm -hmm. up and I'm like, Oh shit. You know, I mean, honestly, dude, in the last, since we started doing this podcast, is really when me and you have really started to dive into our own behaviors and our own masking and our own understanding of it. We've both thought and and known that we were we were different uh, for many years, but we're getting more and more into it. And I think that's actually a benefit to other people who are listening to us too, who are now late diagnosed or even questioning whether they may be autistic or not, because they're going on this journey with us. And, and maybe they can also give us some feedback and let us know from their point of view too. But I think, I think it's kind of a benefit. If to you're it. coming on a journey with us at some point, you're going to have to go your separate ways. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you had to throw a dad joke in there somewhere, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Had to somewhere. All right. Um, well, I, I think use that one. I think it's about that time. Okay. All right. So it's been, it's been, it has been, it, 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 whatever. See, this is fucking hard for you to do, isn't it? To not use conjunctions because I'm so used to using them. Yep. Uh, yes. And I by am. the way, I just used conjunction a second ago too because I, I still have that fucking habit. I am used to, to using conjunctions. Yep. I said I am. I know. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, it's been lovely. Uh, join us again next week when mm -hmm. Nick talks about the Carolina Panthers. Okay. I'm wearing a damn hat because I just drove for five damn hours. My hair is all effed up. All right. Uh, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, threads, um, Instagram. I think Thanks. I said that already. You sound like such an old man. Um, you list all I know, the I know, us down I know. the Tic Tacs. Here, here's, something, here's something I will say. If you did get this far into the episode, no matter how many nine of you there are, please give us some feedback of the episode, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want us to talk about, what you don't want us to talk about. Let us know what you think about it. Tell us if you dislike Steve's shirt because he looks like a stuffy business person or not. Um, let us know if you like the uh, Carolina Panthers as a football team or not. You probably don't watch sports. Probably not. But give us some feedback about it. We want to interact with you guys a little bit more than we have, uh, but we need your help in that. We need you to kind of talk with us. So, uh, if you can, give us some feedback, post some stuff about it, and also force your friends to listen to it. It'd be great. Uh, yeah, and if you have any ideas for topics in the future, let me yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, I will be putting out a uh, special survey soon, too, so keep an eye out for yes. that on Facebook. Please respond to it. Yeah. That sounded desperate. Whatever. Please, please love me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>